0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon
1: on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with
0: Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 channel. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now. Just had Hall of Famer Paul Coffey on the show on Hall of Fame Week. We'll get to NHL Today today at about uh, 1.20. Sportsnet spec, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing, Alberta Live Standard Bid Racing. Returning to Century Mile Racetrack on December the 4th. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Speck will join us in 23 seconds time after I tell you. The guests and Oilers now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Open Sunday, uh, Wednesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. And you can tell Brendan, Chris, and Taylor that orders now sent you. As we welcome aboard, Mark Spector Hello, Speck. How you doing? All right, Bobby. What's going on? Seven and one. That's what's going
1: on. No kidding. 7-1 and one and winning games where they're not even playing that well. Your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time around here since we've talked about that. Uh, you know what? The, I, thought, I thought the big goal last night, even though uh, Cal Turris wasn't great for the first 40 minutes, but the big goal in that game, the one that, that, that put it away, was, you know, the Kraken made it 3-2 going into the second intermission, and, you know, the game was up for grabs still. Yep. And then Devin Shore makes a very nice pass, hard pass in front. Turris buries it. I think it was two and a half minutes into the third. Restores a two-goal lead, takes the belief out of the Kraken, who might not get to five many times this year. And, you know, there's your fourth-line goal, Bob. There's your yep. your support-scoring goal. I get it, dry-settle at four and all that, but that fourth-line goal was the big goal in the game last night. Well, I was
0: on uh, that panel for sports in the second intermission, back, and I said the uh, the third and fourth lines have to get a saw off in the third period. Well, they went plus one.
1: Yeah, there you go. And, you know, First game all year, the third line wasn't very good, Bob. Got yep. eight games, one bad one. That's a pretty good average. <laughs> so, so, Mark, here's the thing. Um, hmm. I got asked this
0: question. There's a panel that's going to come up for Oilers TV today, and and Tony uh, Brar asked me a question from Oilers TV. He said, "Bob, this has been the the deepest or best set of Oilers forward since when?" Mm-hmm. And I went old school on them. Yeah. I went all the way back to 1988, which was the last year that Wayne Gretzky was here with Mark Messier. Okay. Because as good as what Edmonton had in 1617, when they finished with 47 wins and 133 points, uh, Milan Lucic and Jordan Eberle flanked Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Drysaddle was playing with McDavid and Maroon on the top line, mm-hmm. and they had to break those guys up in the Anaheim series because of the lack of productivity from that second line. Okay. Uh, so I went all the way back to 88 when you had Wayne and Mark as the top two centers.
1: Well, I think and they you won the to. Co-
0: you, do you not agree? Like, you I,
1: have to. If you're talking Oilers' depth, it's got to start at center ice. And if you're going to try to match a time to today when they have McDavid and the, you know the two leading scorers in the National Hockey League as we speak, Right? how can you not go to 88? There's no time in between 88 and now that they – look this way up the middle and now throw in the fact that they've got some wingers to add to these guys Hyman and, Hyman and, and Poljarvi yeah sure and Nugent Hopkins yeah. I mean there's three grade A wingers so I you know no one's saying that they're, the 88, Stanley they're, they're the 88 Stanley Cup champion team but if the question is is comparing depth that's exactly where you have to go
0: so uh Paul Coffey was on he didn't want to talk he said hey that's uh guys let's let's talk about today's team instead of talking about the glory years of the 80s i know we'll get to the kevin lowe stuff a little bit later on and uh-huh. give you a rip on that as well i found that interesting it shows you that and paul was a part of the organization he was in toronto at the games last year I referenced uh, brad holland's story about zach hyman uh, and we've talked about the fact that brad holland played a significant factor in in pushing for zach hyman uh-huh. uh, but uh, yeah, I found that interesting. And one of the things he said is when your best player is your hardest working player, you're in good
1: shape. Yeah. So you have here, you know, are you talking about McDavid? Are you talking about Nurse on the back end? You know, are you talking about Dry Settle? I mean, I know who the best player is, but uh, that's where the Oilers are in a good spot right now. It, you know, how many years, Bob, was their best player? 21. Yeah, <laughs> right? their best player just got drafted like a year or two ago. That's that's a recipe for what we watched here for a long time. Now their best players are. Just beginning to hit the best parts of their careers. They've figured a lot of stuff out. They've both been around five, six, seven years. Uh, their best player is in the best part of his career and ready to lead like a best player should. And lest we forget that,
0: uh, yeah, you might shut Connor McDavid's line down for a game. They might not have it going, you know. Uh, and 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 Mark, you were in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. McDavid was unreal in that. He was game. awesome in that game. He's, <laughs> he's much
1: better in that game than he was last night. I mean.
0: Conor McDavid could have had, against Philadelphia and Vancouver, he could have had seven or eight points yeah. in those games. It just didn't go in for him.
1: didn't go in. Demko was fabulous in uh, Vancouver. Right. Very, very So where are we at here? Is this, I mean,
0: they're 7-1. I predicted at the start of the year, Mark, you know, 50 wins and 100-plus points, and I had Edmonton winning the division. Okay. Uh, obviously, I did not feel... Did not believe that Vegas would go through the uh, substantial well, you amount. You can't of, predict that. You can't predict the injuries, but I thought there'd be a drop-off in goal. Fair. Uh, now Vegas is. I mean, Carlson's out six. Weeks. There, there's some people that believe Stone's going to be out a long, long time. This is not a four to six-week thing like with Pat okay. and Carlson. Um, Where? What are the
1: orders? Like, what are the orders right now? Are they a legit top eight team in the NHL? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean you know, let's get to the 10-game mark, and I think then it's time to start talking about, you know, when does good start turn into good team, right? Yep. You know, I think we're – yeah, no one's going to tell you they're not a good team. No one's going to tell you they don't have a, at this point, with Vegas and their long-term injuries, they have to be the decided favorite to win the Pacific. Well, Calgary's, Calgary's there too. Calgary's but it's right a lo- there. It's a long season, and let's see what happens. But I'm just telling you that if Vegas was making book on this thing starting today, not before the season started, Edmonton would be the favorite in my opinion. Uh, they've also had a, a you know, uh, let's play the other side of this hand, Bob. They've had a pretty soft start to their schedule. You know, they go on the road here. They get, well, they get the Rangers Friday. They go on the road. They go Detroit, who's not a bad team right now. Then they go Boston, Buffalo, St. Louis, and, and Winnipeg on the road. Um, and then Winnipeg at home. So you're looking at, you know, Buffalo's playing well. It's a back to back. So you're kind of looking at a five game stretch of good opponents. And that's, they haven't had that yet, Bob. They've played a lot of teams that aren't, that weren't playoff teams last year. And they've and let's see what happens. Who, they've beaten who they've needed to beat. They've beaten everybody they've played except for Philly. So I'm not, Taking it away from them, but if you're looking for evidence, the evidence of Edmonton against in, in a prolonged stretch against good teams, we ha- we don't have any of that evidence yet.
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right, uh, what surprised you the most so far with the seven and one start? Probably Koskinen.
1: Okay, you know, Koskinen. Since he went in uh, against Anaheim and started the next five games, uh, he gets the win against Anaheim. Yeah, he's five and one. Yep. Um, His save percentage is second best in the National Hockey League from the day of that Anaheim game till now. Yeah, behind Freddie Anderson in Carolina. So, you know, this is your backup goalie, and and the guy that myself and many others in Edmonton thought was just not good enough. And he's good enough right now, so give him credit. Take my hat off to him. He's uh, he's got a 933 save percentage. He's your backup. He, he his issue was he couldn't start a bunch of games in a row. Well, he's just started five in a row and won four of them. And he looks. He's in the starters' net today. Right now, that can change tomorrow. But um, clearly, Dave Tippett doesn't see any need to hurry Mike Smith back, does he? No.
0: Why would? Why well, would even? I brought <laughs> I brought it up last night, like just as an FYI. Um, do you, if Connor Ingram starts for Nashville tomorrow night, because they've got UC Saros going tonight against the Flames. Now David Riddick is closing in on a return. He was supposed to be the backup uh, for Nashville. Oh, okay. or uh, David Riddick went?
1: Yes, uh, he must have but, missed that one. Yeah, uh, out in the boat that. Uh, august day bob yeah, you're, you're on the boat a lot mark from in august <laughs> it,
0: was, it was july 28th if you want to get to specifics you were in the boat that day too i remember no but but with all seriousness back um if they're gonna if connor Ingram got the start
1: why wouldn't you start skinner you could you if, could do that i right? think they've got a big enough cushion they've got uh they've, they've given enough loyalty and an opportunity to koskinen to build confidence, to show yep. that he can do this. He's done it all. Like there's no more, hmm, I wonder if Koskinen can win some games for us. We know that now. So, I'm, you know, I'm not completely against that move. The organization would like to get a look at this guy. He's been facing NHL shooters now for over a week in camp yep. practice. Sure, I'm not against starting Skinner. Now, does Dave Tippett do that? Go away from a goalie who's got a 933 and really is not that You know, they're playing every second night, not every night. I'm not sure most NHL coaches care about the guy up from the farm so much. Yeah. (laughs) They care more about the two points.
0: I think he's the closest (laughs) of all of their prospects in the organization to playing, though. Okay. Like, he's closer, for me, than McLeod. He's closer
1: than... Broberg. Broberg, uh, Samarukov. He's got the most time in in the minors. And he's proven the most down there. He was, many say, the best... I mean, it's hard to say the best goal in the NHL last year because they never played each other. Right but he was as good as there was, and you know what? I hope they play him because I'd like to see him, Bob. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mark Spector joining us, Sportsnet Spec for
0: the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Again, live standard red racing uh, coming up here down the road out at Century Mile. You can watch and wager online, hbibet.com. When we come back on Oilers now, uh, Dave Tippett mentioned the play of Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, and Duncan Keith had an extended conversation with the media, and we're going to hit on a couple of those points, obviously, given the context of what occurred uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. We'll take a time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. To be honest with you, you know, it, it happened uh, it was a blur. I got uh, I got a phone call the next the morning after I was traded and I don't even really remember the call. I was getting so many calls. Um and you know, if I could do it over again, I would. I have a lot of there's a lot of emotions going through a trade. You know, I've spent 20 years in that organization, and um, you know, certainly uh, I was uh, you know excited to be an Oiler. But you know, there's still a lot of mixed emotions with a trade, and and uh, you know, uh, I guess if I could go back, I would do it. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, my my feeling was that. Uh, I didn't I didn't have anything to give so I didn't think it would uh, it would help but you know I should have I should have sat there for the interview. That is Duncan Keith of the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, Mark Spector is with us for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta Live Standard bid Racing, returning Century Mile racetrack December the 4th. Watch and wager online at HBIBet.com. Spec, set up the scenario. So Keith and uh, Leon settled were brought out after last night's game. Mm-hmm. Keith was the second star in last night's game, at a goal. Uh, him and CeCe went plus two. They had a very strong game defensively. Uh,
1: so, so how uh, just to propose for us how this all came to fruition? Well, Ryan Rashog actually asked him uh, yesterday about. First of all, we hadn't spoken to Duncan Keith since it became known that Kyle Beach uh, was right uh, the victim, and he asked him about that. Had he known Kyle? What was his, what were his thoughts and? Uh, Duncan Keith spoke fairly eloquently on that, and then uh, he was asked, you know, you had a ch- you were asked to be interviewed by the Jenner and Block uh, investigative team, and you turned them down. How come? And that was, you just heard his answer. It was the day after a trade. He said, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't feel like I had anything to gain. But in retrospect, in hindsight, he looks back, he says, I should have done yeah. it. Now, we should mention
0: that Duncan Keith did speak the day after. Yep. The 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 morning after the uh, ruling came down from the National it, Hockey
1: League, it was the morning that Kyle Beach came out on uh, TSN on request. Well, he came State. out at four. Like Right, and Duncan Keith spoke at like eleven in the morning. Right, and then that afternoon, um, you know, well, I, I wrote a piece off of Duncan Keith that never ran because everything changed <laughs> when Kyle Beach came out.
0: And why, all right, so why did everything change when? Because we had the name of the actual. Well, the
1: name and 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 the thoughts of the of the actual. Right you know, of the player. And it's just, there was so much knowledge gained from that beach interview. Anyone who's watched it, you know, it, it was, it changed everything. And, and just to, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, full disclosure. Gene and I were asked to do a TV hit after the Keith thing and it set up on the internet and the minute Beach spoke, I looked at that thing and, and what we were saying just lacked context. It lacked, we didn't have the, half the story. All we had right. was Keith talking in the morning, but we didn't have any of the stuff from Beach so we took it down because it was no longer yeah. frankly very accurate or something I wanted up there. Ben, ben Pope out of Chicago, I believe he's with
0: the Sun-Times, yeah. has been absolutely eviscerating John McDonough. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, when I when I look at this, uh, when John McDonough says, I'm going to take care of this, you know how Chicago works. <laughs> you know how that city works. You know that Al Capone at one time worked for the Wirtz family. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the Wirtz family owned the Hawks. And John McDonough, when he was president of the Chicago Blackhawks, John Shannon was on yesterday and said he may have been the most powerful executive in the National Hockey League at that time, some people have suggested he was dictator-esque. Others have suggested he's like the character Tom Hagen in uh, *The Godfather*. He's the consigliere for the, uh, <laughs> the Robert du- Ro- Rob- Robert Duvall's character. Um, you know, for for the crime boss, right? Sure. Like, like for the family, he's oh. the guy that takes care of business. You wrote a piece last week, or I don't know if it. You te- in in the context of a tweet, you pieced out, uh, put up. You talked about the culpability of the players. Where are you at? Like, where are you at with that? Like, who? Like, well, I because think- I look at this and I say everything starts with John
1: McDonough and then goes from there. And by the way, John McDonough still has not publicly spoken on this, has he? And it was very, it seemed to lack cooperation with the with Jenner and Block. I read the whole report, and, and the references to John McDonough and the, your interviews with him were all of the, he didn't remember as much, and he didn't really know that that happened. It didn't seem to me, he didn't come across as very cooperative. He's out of the league, he's out of the Blackhawks, has been for a couple of years, so anyway, uh, listen, my thoughts with the players, I think, were were bolstered last night. What I wrote was, look, it, it wasn't up to the players to to blow this thing up and meet out discipline and all that. That's not what players do. Okay. But the players had a decade to dig in a little and find out who Kyle Beach was and maybe make a phone call and maybe take the kid out for dinner and maybe see how he's doing, maybe reach out. Like the, uh. the locker room failed the player, in my opinion. And last night... Uh, certainly, Duncan Keith has been saying here that he wish he would have known more and he wish he would, they would have been able to do something. Well, go into Stan Bowman's office and sit down and say, what's going on here, Stan? Give me some names, what's happening? And Patrick Kane came out after the game last night, Bob, and okay. basically was quite remorseful on his comments last uh, when he last spoke and how he, as a player, and he said, geez, I'd like to talk to Kyle Beach now and I hope I can reach out to him or he can reach out to me. And all I can say is, you had a decade, right? get yeah. a decade to Patrick Kane can walk into John McDonough's office Jonathan Taves can walk into Stan Bowman's office right they're the big guys in that franchise and, and they never and, did for 10 Antoine years Antoine Russell has
0: just made a comment uh, you can just just tweet up for fun did you see that Russell?
1: yeah I saw a little bit of it he called something to Jonathan Taves.
0: It was, it was less than flattering.
1: That, yeah, called him a small man, I believe.
0: I believe that's what he called. Uh, I Mark, this story is far from done. Uh, for the listeners that are unaware, uh, the Hawks are not settling today. There is a settling meeting today. Yes. But they're not settling.
1: Yes. And
0: I would suggest that the legal representation for the Hawks is doing their due diligence to gather more information on this front. Yep. This is going to be very intriguing to watch. Where's yep. the... it's in French, Bob? How's your French? Can you want to
1: try to take a crack? You want me to take? No. A... He's a big leader on the ice, but he is a small, small human person. Human, small person. Yep. That's what what Antoine Roussel said uh, in French. That's our uh, quite relatively accurate translation, Bob. Yes. Uh, listen, you know what? Like. There is, the, to, let's repeat this just once. The culpability of the players to me isn't on the disciplinary side. It's not up to the players to take this thing to the cops and all that. Like there's a whole bunch of people ahead of them whose mandate is to do that and whose job is to do that. But the players, it's up to the players to take care of each other. It's up to the leaders on the Chicago Blackhawks. It's up to to Connor McDavid if Ryan McLeod's having a tough time with something in his life and he's not right and things are hard and he's having an issue. It's up to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse to make a phone call. Hey, kid, how are you? Is there something we can do to help you? That's what a team's about. That's what a locker room's about. I'm here to tell you. And Jonathan Tave and Kane and Keith and... Sharp and Hosa and Crawford, right? All those guys failed this kid. They failed him miserably. All right. Uh, text us what you think on it.
0: You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. But again, you're saying no culpability on the players when it comes to the legal process that's going to be uh, taking place here. And for me, I, I mean, I'm really interested watching what's going on with uh, with McDonough and and the Chicago Scribes, right? Because ultimately, he had final say. Um, you know, three or within three to four weeks of the initial incident being reported, um, Brad Aldrich was no longer of the employ of the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, some and of that was handled very well either. Some people would tell you in the HR industry that is a guy like John McDonough doing his recourse, checking out information, getting more to the story, finding out what's going on, finding out whether or not there were any other allegations directed Aldrich's way, You know, talking to potential part-time, full-time, you know, student assistants, whatever, Mm -hmm. to see. All right, is there a track record here? Oh well, we've been able to figure this out. And Brad, time for you to
1: leave. Well, Well, if you read the report, you would know, you would see, and I know you did, Bob, uh, that the Jenner and Block could not find the employment records for Brad Aldrich in the Chicago Blackhawks Mm. uh, filing system or computerized. It was gone. Couldn't find it. And that's that's. To me is, how come? All right, there is there
0: is another <laughs> there is another party in this that is under scrutiny now, and that is the NHLPA. Uh, and you, I know that Darnell Nurse spoke yesterday, and I thought uh, did a very good job. Uh, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well about uh, you know the culpability here of the NHLPA with the fact that Kyle Beach did st- and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. He spoke. To
1: one of the NHLPA doctor-type consultants. Yep, he did. So the, now is, there's an investigation. You can't, you can't um, prosecute Donald Fear or file Do, fire Donald Fear or anything until you know what he knew. I listen. I don't know that every guy who goes into the program with various different issues, that the information on each person makes it all the way up to the top to Donald Fear. Maybe this one's special. Maybe it did. I don't know that. Maybe it didn't. Let's find out. So I'm not going to sit here and pillarize uh, Donald Fear for something that may never have crossed his desk for all I know. If it did and he buried it, then he should meet the same fate as Bowman and Quenville for sure. But let some time pass Let's not prosecute the guy until he's you know, guilty of something and go for there. Uh Janin says she texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The National
0: Hockey League and the Blackhawks should compensate Kyle Beach. This cost him his career. It pisses me off. You're absolutely right, Spec. The players should have reached out, could have reached out, and they still can. This is everyone's fault. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Young Hawk players' reactions, while not ideal, says another, were probably a coping mechanism to some degree. Uh um, um... Again, you can text us at 780 496 Coach Mike says, uh, hey, Spec, what did you think of the NHL press conference yesterday and Rick Westhead? Can you explain
1: that uh, scenario, Mark, in uh, in about a minute or less? Yeah, I wasn't watching the press conference because I was covering a practice, but uh, what happened was, obviously, this is really a Rick Westhead story. He was the point man in, among the media on this and did a great job. And when Gary Bettman and Bill Daly held a press conference yesterday, uh, it was a Zoom press conference where everyone out there knows no, you raise your hand when you have a question. You raise your virtual hand. And Rick Westhead sat there for a long time. They would not acknowledge his question. They began to take secondary questions from people who had already asked questions. And finally, it was our good friend Pierre Lebrun who went on at his turn and said, hey, Rick West has been waiting to have a question answered for a long time. You guys should answer it. So clearly, the PHWA has put out a, a note on Twitter. If you want to find it, uh, making it clear that the NHL was basically trying to get through that press conference without talking to the person who broke the story, and uh, very poorly done on the on the NHL's part. Bad optics, uh, bad practice. You know. It doesn't look like an organization that's looking for full accountability when they won't take a question from Rick Westhead, Bob.
0: All right. Mark in St. Albert says, okay, I've had enough of Mark Spector and his self-righteousness. This is a terrible thing that happened and the management of the team failed Mr. Beach. But Speck on his soapbox about things that happened and what players should have done is ridiculous. At uh, that time, socially, we were not as conscious about these type of issues, even uh, if we should have been. Do you remember how guys talked back in the day? It wasn't right, but it was acceptable at the time. We're not Uh, back in the day anymore. Well, but he's saying 10 or 11 years ago and and I think you'll concede like here's an example Uh, we had uh, over the you know like Luke Prokop Mm-hmm. Comes out as yeah. a gay player. Put- no one is going to say anything to him on the ice today because players are way- only... Well, a- let's com- hope not. No,
1: come on. No, no I hope you're right, Bob. I think you're right, and I hope you're right.
0: We had Bane Pettinger on. He's Tyson- he-, he handles Tyson Berry for CAA Sports mm-hmm. and talked about how receptive people were. And, Mark, we know how guys used to talk 25, 30, yeah. 10 years ago. Sure. So I think they're... Society has moved and we become farm. Hey, there's no question the Hawks blank this up. We know that. Yep. And again, when the president sits there with a rookie general manager and says, "I'll oh, take care of it, he, you're going, all right, well, that is, that's John, the most powerful executive, according to John Shannon, in the NHL at that time. You would think he'd take care of it. So, interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's We'll get it back on the ice when we return here on Oilers. Now, Bob Stauffer with you, and everybody chime in with lots of different perspectives. Keep it coming. We do da- we do have an Oilers Now Road trip coming up in the city of Seattle. You'll watch the Oilers play the crack, and this package includes a great game ticket, a welcome reception with your Australian special guests. Plus, you can stay in town and see the Seahawks host the 49ers on Sunday night football. For the Oilers Now Seattle Road Trip, reach out to New West Travel 780-432-7446 or go online at newesttravel.com Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.